Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Time to talk football with the professor, John Clayton. That was a close one there, Dave. <clears throat> Jeez, I thought I was going to have to do the Heimlich. Yeah, a little, here. little coughing fit there. Uh, we got John Clayton joining us right now, and you know what to do if you've got a question for John. Text it in, 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Hello, John. Hello. Lots of Ram stuff today. Lots of Ram stuff. Which which Ram? Now, I, I certainly saw the clips from the parade yesterday, and yeah. I saw that that uh, sounds like Aaron Donald's probably not retiring. Was what the what everybody inferred from his statements yesterday? But what other? I know they lost another coach. Yeah, off yeah. their staff. What what else is going on? Well, did you hear about Kelly? St- I mean, uh, about uh, Matthew Stafford. Yes, I did. You're talking about the photographer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was reading that to Dave during the break. Yeah, so Very cool. <clears throat> Matthew Stafford is up there, and uh, you know, it seemed like. <clears throat> He, Donald, and a bunch of the Rams imbibed a little bit uh, on Wednesday <clears throat> before the parade and all that different stuff. <clears throat> and so here's a photographer falls off the stage, breaks her back, and uh, Kelly looks down at her and then just walks away. And so it's like, are you kidding me? I mean, and of course, this was all picked up on social media and everything else. And uh, he is taking rightful criticism. Now, he came back with his wife, and I think it's more his wife than anything else. His wife and uh, Matthew agreed to pay for all her medical bills. But again, how about how about the uncaring Matthew Stafford? Photographer falls off a stage, and he just ignores her. That wasn't good. Uh, you know, Sean McVay came back uh, and pretty much said that he's going to be back. And then Aaron Donald came back and basically said he's going to need more time to think about retirement or not retirement. So, no, it's like it goes back and forth with Aaron Donald, but he still hasn't decided. But, I mean, how about Kelly Stoffer being so cold-blooded that uh, you know he didn't even want to go help the uh, woman. Let's let's not get Kelly Stoffer in any trouble. That's oh no no Kelly no no! Stauffer. You're right. Come on. Yeah, it's like so Matthew <laughs> Stafford. So it's like here's Matthew Stafford, and he's so uncaring that he let the woman fall off the stage uh, with her camera. And so then uh, now they're going to pay for the camera and fix that up, and then also try to pay for all her medical bills. So was this on video? Did they yes. catch? Yeah, that? I'm yes. actually just looking at because I tweeted it. Sorry, dude, to cut you off yeah. there, but I tweeted out there was just a tweet from yeah. uh, from. Um, uh, Sports Illustrated that just said, hey, you know, they talked about the photographer falling off the stage and fracturing her spine and that Matthew Stafford and his wife are going to pay for all of her medical bills. So I retweeted that and went, wow, that's a very cool gesture. And then somebody just tweeted the video yeah. uh, and said the only, they're only doing it because of this. And, and yeah, the video shows them watch her fall and they kind of go, oh, and turn around and walk away. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I hadn't seen the video. I just saw... Somebody fell, photographer, the Staffords are picking up the medical bills. I'm like, wow, what a kind gesture. Yeah, but of course, I mean, they did it because, you know, uh, Matthew was so embarrassed by what ended up happening that I guess that uh, his wife felt something had to be done, and I give him credit for doing something. But again, you have a woman who broke her back, you know, fractured her uh, spine. And, uh, you know, Kelly, I mean, not Kelly, but uh, Matthew didn't care. Mm. I mean, brutal. Yeah, he turned. I'm just watching it right now. He, they both saw it, and you see both of them go, "Oh!" And then the wife walks to the front of the stage, like looking, "Is she okay?" And Matthew kind of turns around and walks the other direction, like, "Oh man, I'm getting out of here." Yeah, yeah. How? I mean, it's, it's not a good look. You're no, right. It's pretty bad. 
Well, I guess he didn't see her on the ground and didn't see what the the damage was, I guess. He, but, yeah, so he looked and went, whoa, and turned around. And yeah. Like, I'm getting out of yeah, here. Yeah, he just walked. turned. Yeah, that, that was yeah but don't, don't you weird. think if you're going to be Matthew Stafford that you, you go down and try to help her, you know, make her console her a little bit? I mean, it's like, shouldn't you be a caring person on that? Well, I, you know, I, I don't know if one video clip that makes him not a caring person or... He walked you know. away. Yeah, okay. He walked away from a woman who fell off a stage and broke her back. I know. Was there other people down there helping her already, maybe? No. Oh, there wasn't? No. You, you, it was right as she fell. They both see her go down and go, yeah, oh, but man. I mean, we, we don't see the shot of where she yeah. lands. And, you know, I, I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I'm not. I'm not trying to... Trying to, uh, You're trying to get John mad. Him. Yeah, well, I am trying to get John <laughs> mad. I like okay, that. Yeah. No, uh, but anyway, yeah. And, and Aaron Donald thing, I felt like that was more um, that he was doing that for. I don't know, it just seems so unlikely to me, John. He he looks so far away from retirement. It's yeah. not like you watch him play and go, "Yeah, he's losing a step." It's he's right in the prime. Mm-hmm. But maybe uh, maybe he pulls a, a Barry Sanders. I don't know, but. To me, I, I just it just seems like it, he he's maybe just trying to create some hype or something. Is is his contract up? No, he's got, he got four years left in his contract. Jeez. He's making twenty two point five million a year. Wow, twenty two point five. This is not a contract thing. I mean, he's got four more years left on that contract. So, what's your feeling? He plays next year, or he? I, I feel he's going to play, but you know, again, he's leaving everybody uncertain at this stage. Wow, I'm sort of. I'm sort of torn on that one, John. As a football fan, just yeah. a fan of the game, I love watching that guy play. I will be bummed if he retires. As a Seahawks fan, it's not going to hurt my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm yeah. sort of, I'm kind of, I'm torn on this one. I, w- I actually wish he just played for a, a, a team in another division or the the AFC. That way, I could be full fledged. Hey, mm-hmm. don't go, don't go. But I feel a little conflicted. Hey, by the way, I, I remember I, we talked about the idea about you know what's. Uh, you know, because people keep on talking about the Seahawks have a tough schedule next year, mm-hmm. and it's like I know that uh, strength of schedule totally they rank 11th, <clears throat> but I bro- I broke it down, and uh, you know they it, obviously the teams in the uh, NFC West are 66 and 36 the teams that they have to face because mm-hmm. they have to play them twice, and then you look at the rest of the teams they only have to take on five teams out of division and the uh, percentage of wins for those teams 443 which is one of the easiest in the league you know because you know right now i think you have uh, philadelphia and all the teams in the nfc east you know in that 460 470 range but again you know it's like uh you know because again they get the fourth place schedule so they get the you know three easy teams like detroit the jets and the giants and so it's like uh you know their their schedule isn't that bad they got the nfc south uh right now with Tom Brady not being on Tampa Bay and New Orleans not having Sean Payton and all that. And so, uh, I mean, the it's the, the tough one. You know, they do have the AFC West, which, of course, has three winning teams. That's not going to be the easiest, but their schedule isn't bad. Hmm. Hey, and uh, what, what's the uh, – can you kind of go through again um, – I'm trying to remember the rules yeah. on the 17th game. Yeah. Because the Seahawks' 17th game was Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. It was the oddball. It's an oddball AFC game for the NFC teams. Yeah, again, it's going to be, you know, because, again, what, what it is is that uh, you play the uh, where you stand. And so, for example, whatever. So, I could, for example, last year they played Pittsburgh, which was number one in the uh, AFC North. 
Okay, so this year they have to play the AFC East, and they've got the fourth-place schedule, so they get the New York Jets. Okay. Yeah, so it's actually, that's the 17th game. Yeah. And, of course, the difference this year is they get them at home. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, because they're at Pittsburgh. Yeah. 421-3776, 421-ESPN, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. That is the number if you want to text in a question for John Clayton, text it there. Uh, John, I saw this story. Tom Clements, one of yeah. one of the coaches Aaron Rodgers has long credited for his development during his early days in the NFL, is coming out of retirement to return to the Green Bay Packers as quarterbacks coach. So is that is that just the team pulling out all the stops to keep him there? 100%. I mean, they're doing everything right now to try to make him happy and make him stay. You know, so they get him Tom Clements as the quarterback coach. That, that of course, is going to appeal to him. You know, starting Tuesday is when franchise tags can be announced and or at least, uh, you know, picked. And uh, he's obviously waiting to see if Devontae Adams is going to get the franchise tag because, you know, and then, of course, the story over the weekend was that uh, the Packers are thinking about making him one of the highest paid players in football, giving him a big raise. So you put the three together, you know, you get the coaches that he likes. He gets the wide receiver that he likes and he gets the money that he likes. And particularly at a time that he broke up with his fiance, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like I, I think right now he's staying. So how bad does this make the team moving up into the first round to take Jordan Love? How bad? bad I mean, look, we were questioning it then. Yeah. But now it feels like they are desperate to keep him there in a way that they didn't seem to be with Brett Favre, where they they mm-hmm. had a guy that they've drafted in late in the first round in Aaron Rodgers and is sitting behind him, and they seemed at peace with letting Brett go, but. They don't seem to be in any at any kind of peace with the idea that Jordan Love is the successor. No, no. because again, it's like it's going to be a big drop off if you go from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, and I think that's been proven on the field because Jordan hasn't hardly done anything. So I think that what you're looking at is the Packers just have to admit they made a bad first round mistake. It ends up happening. Maybe they can get minimal trade value for him. I mean, again, it was like you know with the fact that he's got a first round contract. Uh, you know, it gets a he gets a guaranteed contract. It's guaranteed, so it's like you know, you're talking about if you trade him, you're probably just going to get a sixth round pick or uh, maybe a fifth round pick at best, or maybe a little bit less than that. So it's like, uh, you know, it's like, hey, you make mistakes. That ends up happening, and so it looks like they made a mistake on Jordan Love, and all it did was upset Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, what what a bad deal oh, all the way horrible. around, man. Well, and you know, and if I hadn't heard what he said, you know, like we were talking about yesterday um, about Lafleur at yeah. the the awards uh, show, I mean, I, I thought for sure that they were just at odds, but he portrayed him as one of his best friends. So yeah, of course. I mean, and again, you look at Lafleur. Say what you want. Uh, he's what thirty six and thirteen in his first three years. Yeah, that's pretty good. It is pretty good. Hey, uh, speaking of records, I was just looking at. Um, well, Kevin O'Connell first of all yeah. said that he's excited to coach Kirk Cousins, but I was I was looking at Kirk Cousins' uh, uh, numbers, and I'm just wonder where you are. I know he had the one year where he was seventy percent completion, which yeah. is always notable. But I'm looking at his quarterback record over the the years, and the rap on him was for a while there anyway, and I'm not sure if it's it's still the same, but he had this ghastly win percentage against good teams, mm-hmm. any team above 500. But his, his record is 59-59-2. What do you make of that? What do you make of Kirk Cousins? I think he's good, but he's not great. I mean, kind of, uh, you know, a little bit above the middle-of-the-pack middle type quarterback. I mean, you know, probably, you know, if you 
do the rankings or something like that. He'll be like 13th or 14th or something. But, you know, he's still good enough each year to throw for 4,000 yards. I mean, he's still a good leader on the field. Uh, it's just that uh, for whatever reason, you know, he can't win the big games. Uh, somebody just back to the Packers yeah. for for a moment here. The five hundred nine asking if they do give Aaron Rodgers that that kind of money, whether forty five million, whatever yeah. that number is, um, do they have enough to keep Devontae Adams as well? Yeah, because again, you're going to get a big cap saving with whatever you do on the Aaron Rodgers contract. You know, because again, he's not going to have the big number that he has right now. And then, of course, obviously they have to restructure contracts like they did. I think. If I, my, my numbers are correct, they restructured about 10 contracts this year. I mean, they're going to lose some guys, you know, like, like for example, uh, they'll probably end up losing Preston or Zadarius Smith, one of the outside linebackers, because Keith Gary is, you know, draft choice. It's still in his rookie contract that's done very well as a pass rusher. So they'll probably go to him. So I don't know which guy they're going to release there. And, uh, you know, they'll have to, you know, redo some things, you know, on the defense and all that stuff. But again, it's like, uh, you know, they're all in because they just you know, want to try to still see if they can win and still see if they can keep Aaron Rodgers to keep them winning. Hey, John, we're having a conversation about the uh, MLB lockout and kind of just stumbled on the fact that you, you don't really know that much about the baseball owners. You no. know, I mean, as I mean, you look at the NFL. Uh, you pretty much know, you know, Cronky with the Rams and Jerry Jones and the Ronies. Mm-hmm. And it seems like every and it's just not so much that way. But as far as how do you uh, rank Spanos as an owner? Because one of the things that I heard, well, and I think yeah. it's a fact, is that they don't have any ownership in that stadium. Aren't they? They're just play, paying rent. That's there. correct. Yes. Yeah. So and, and then that's a, a big part of your franchise value. And so I don't know. I mean, is he? Is he a good owner, you think? Or that's kind of, you know, that was one of the things I know that uh, I was talking to somebody in business. And uh-huh. It was like, that was that was a pretty big blunder because they had a chance, I think, to invest in half of SoFi Stadium where they play. Yeah, and of course, I mean, they were involved in paying some of the cost of building the stadium. Yeah. You know, they got involved in that. I mean, let's put, I, I give them a C, maybe a C minus. Uh, but, you know, the problem is, is that he's still got a lot of problems internally with the family. Because you know a bunch of the family members are suing him to sell the team so that uh, they can get some more money because they felt that uh, you know they're not getting their share of the big profits or at least the money that uh, you know the Spanos is, are, are getting and Dean is getting and so uh, yeah they've got a lot of internal problems like that and so I don't know how quickly the lawsuit you know gets to court or anything of that nature but again they got a family feud going on as far as the ownership. John, the 425 uh, asking, uh, John, which teams in the playoffs, and it just refreshed again, uh, which teams in the playoffs this year are in salary cap trouble going into the new season? Oh, there's a bunch. I mean, uh, you know, now New Orleans didn't make the playoffs, but they're they're in uh, big trouble. The Rams, they're, they're, they're over the cap. Green Bay's $40 million over the cap. Uh, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of teams right now that uh, you know, they're over the cap. Some of them aren't too bad, and they can get out of it. I think it's like right now 10 or 11 teams that are over the cap. How, how are the Bengals in terms of their cap space? Because it looks like, much like the Seahawks, yeah. they need to make a large investment on their O-line. Yeah, I mean, they're in good shape. I mean, you know, it's not like they're rich or anything of that nature, but they've got plenty of cap room to do whatever they need to do. I want to say I saw like $14 million Not that, yeah. yeah. For the Bengals? Yeah, like 14 that. under the cap? 
Yeah, yeah under yeah. the cap. Yeah, they're not over. What, what do you think that, uh, about them spending some money on offensive line there, John? They have to. <laughs> well, they have to not only spend money on the offensive line, but they also have to uh, draft one or two. You know, because, again, it's like their line's so bad. I mean, here you have uh, Joe Burrow sacked 70 times during the season, 20 during the playoffs, 50, 50 during the season. Right. Yeah, and 70 total. Yeah, yeah 70. Absolutely. So, John, uh, there's another one, and I know I don't know how much you've gotten into college players, but uh, 206 saying, hi, John, what position should the Hawks take with their first pick? Which position should they address in the draft? I think offensive tackle. You know, unless they can get something <clears throat> in free agency. Uh, is they, there a free – sorry to cut you off, John. Is there a free agent left tackle potentially out there that, that could be a successor or even a bridge uh, for for uh, Dwayne Brown? Yeah, for big money. I mean, it's like uh, Armstead from New Orleans is out there. I just wonder if they're going to go for <clears throat> one of the Rams' offensive linemen. And Joe Noteboom is up as a free agent. He's the sixth offensive lineman. And, uh, you know, he – you know, he, he's, he's good. I mean, and so, you know, he may come in at the right price. Hey, John, I don't know if you uh, have heard, but you can uh, subscribe, right, Bob, to That's our exactly podcast. exactly right. Uh, we had Clint Hurd on today. Oh, wow. He's fantastic. Yeah. Just love everything that he has to say. I thought one of the interesting things he said was, you know, speaking of free agency and things like that, is he said a lot of coaches get annoyed by having to bring the personnel department in and you know, teach them the defense or teach them the offense and what they're doing. And he's like, I'm, I absolutely want to do that because why wouldn't you? Then, yeah. then you, you know, send guys like John Schneider and Trent Kirchner out there to find uh, the kind of players that you need for a year. I thought that was very refreshing. And it sounds to me like um, that he has a pretty good relationship, just the way he talks about John Schneider and the scouting department, mm-hmm. which, which I think is, you know, for a guy his first time. Um, defensive coordinator as far as his interview goes and everything he sure had some great answers yeah and i love the fact that uh he talked about you know being aggressive with the defense more aggressive you know blitzing a little bit more blitzing jamal adams a little bit more and then trying to uh you know not have lineman uh drop into coverage and all that different stuff and so it's like uh, no i think that you gotta like what uh what you saw in Clint Hurd and hear from Clint Hurd. Yeah, and you know, I, I would say aggressive. I think people automatically went to uh, sacks and blitzing yeah. and things like that. But I, I think also it means attacking the line of scrimmage, but, mm-hmm. uh, but also their defense, the pass coverage was just very, you know, keep everything in front of you and don't jump routes and just make sure you, you have a big cushion and things like that. And sounds like he's going to uh, allow some of these guys to play a lot tighter coverage. Yeah, I like that. By the way, a little bit of a Seahawk note. Tomorrow's a big day <clears throat> in the standpoint that, uh, you, know, you know, the Seahawks have this history where you uh, basically, uh, you know, uh, five days after the Super Bowl, you know, guarantee contracts, give roster bonuses and things like that. Like Jamal Adams, for example, gets his base salary guaranteed tomorrow, along with getting about 12 $12.4 million in a roster bonus. But the big one is Russell Wilson, you know, because Russell Wilson gets a $5 million roster bonus. And where that's significant now, again, it was going to be that way if they traded him or not traded him or anything else. But the $5 million roster bonus means if you do trade him, you're taking a $31 million dead cap hit uh, as far as on your uh, 2022 cap. That's $31 million and you have no quarterback. 
Mm. What do you think that means as far as trade? It means Nine. he's not being traded. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thirty-one million, and you have no quarterback. Yeah. Hey, hey, John, we were taking a look at a list of uh, players on the Seahawks roster yeah. that are in their final year, and we're kind of looking at it as sort of a lesson learned maybe from not re-signing Quandre Diggs last year. Now he's going to be more expensive than perhaps he would have been last year had they mm-hmm. signed him uh, instead of allowing him to get to free agency. So I'm just curious what you would do. I'll give you a couple names. Just tell me yes or no if you would sign them to an extension or let him play out the final year. Marquise Blair. Play out the final year. Cody Barton. Play out the final year. Jason Myers. Uh, play out the final year. Chris Carson. Uh, play out the last year. Carlos Dunlap. Uh, play out the last year. Really? I thought you might go the other way with him since he showed some. Okay. Uh, Puna Ford. Uh, see if you can get a contract extension. Bobby Wagner. Uh, reduce his salary, spread out the money over four or five years, get his cap number down. Because then, particularly, too, if because uh, you know, Clint Hurt mentioned they're going to use a little bit of a 3-4 defense at times. It's like, okay, so who's going to be the other inside linebacker? Yeah. Uh, you don't have one. Well, wouldn't – wait, if if you're saying if, if Bobby's not there, they don't if have Bob, one? No, they don't have one. Well, where would you put Cody Barton? You're gonna, well, you're if, letting him play out the final if year. You're, if you're, in, if you're in a 3-4, you have two inside linebackers. Oh, and the, okay. Yeah, so it's like uh, who's the other in, who's the other inside linebacker? Well, Cody's best at Mike. Yeah, he's he's, yeah. An, he's an inside linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, so. it's like in the times that you're using a three-four, right? And it's not going to be a lot, but the times you're using a three-four, who's the other inside linebacker? They don't have one. But how often are they in a three-four? Uh, I don't know. We haven't seen the game plan for Clint Hurd. Uh, last one on that list: DK Metcalf. Uh, start working on a contract extension. You may wait, but again, you know, it's, the key right now is keeping, because I think, what is it, like a 16, 16 free agents they have, and, uh, you know, they, they, you know the whole, about seven of them are starters, and so they got to see which ones they're going to keep. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk again tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710 Sports. Dot com. As you heard there uh, with John, we talked to Clint Hurt today, and he gave us some clarity on a very big misconception around this Seahawks defense. We'll tell you what that is coming up with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.